Hello, my name is Joel Simpson, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm John Tonsi, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing our youth pastor, Donnie Jewett. Tell us about how you were called into ministry and how God led you to become the youth pastor at Indianola First. Okay. No, that's that's a good story to start with. All right. So uh, I actually grew up in Illinois, and I grew up uh, always going to church, always um, knowing who Jesus was. My parents brought me up in church. They brought me up right. But at about age, oh, I don't know, probably 16, 17, um, I kind of just decided that I was done with it. You know, I was done with uh, the Jesus thing, but I kept going to church. And, um, <clears throat> I'm all right with my mom hearing this. So, uh, <laughs> I was going to church just to keep my mom off my back basically. Um, and I was, I was just going and doing that and just making sure that I was staying faced with that. But I really, um, wasn't going to get more of Jesus at that point. Well, I guess it was probably a little later than that, probably about graduation time. So I was probably 17, 18 years old actually. And, uh, I was getting ready to graduate and I was going to go to a college in Illinois at um uh isu uh it's illinois state not iowa state you know so just for everybody out there i'm glad you clarified that <laughs> yeah yeah just so everybody knows but um i applied to that college and when i applied to that college i applied at the be right after school got out high school got out and i waited and waited and waited and it was right before school started probably a month out before school started and they sent me a letter back rejecting me saying that i forgot to um give my social security number, which I know that's not true. I know that's not true because that's how they identify you in college. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to go there. And I just didn't know what to do at that point. And my mom, uh, at, she, she, I was standing in the kitchen crying because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to go. Um, and she's like, well, have you prayed about it? And I was like, no, why would I pray about it? God doesn't care where I go to college. He just, you know, he cares about me, but he doesn't care about where. And she's like, yeah, he does. So you need to pray about it. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll pray about it. So I prayed about it. And at that point, um, my, my best friend, uh, his name is Kyle. He came home from North Central University in Minneapolis. And he was just talking to me about how great of time he was having at college and stuff like that. And this is how kind of young and ignorant I was to, yeah, even even growing up in church, just kind of the the voice of God in my life. And I just because we're sitting around and he's talking about it, and I ask him, I was like, "Do you think God can talk to you through other people?" <laughs> and, and he's like, "Yeah, I do." I'm like, "Well, I think God's talking to me right now, and I think I should go to North Central." And he's like, "Yeah, you should." And then he's like, "This is why." And again, at the time, I really wasn't following the Lord, but he was still in my life and stuff. So I applied to North Central and within a month I had a dorm. I had I had an acceptance letter, a dorm, a roommate, uh, all my classes ready. And I was heading up there to North Central. And really within that first semester of college, there's details in there, but within that first semester of college, um, it's hard to run away from God when you're surrounded by God. And here I am at a Christian college going to chapel every day, sleeping through some of them, but I was still getting some of it. Christian professors, a great floor that I was on with great guys who love the Lord. 
And within that first semester, I was going for elementary education. And but as I grew closer and closer to God, I just felt him turning my heart and my idea of what I was supposed to do to his idea of what I was supposed to do. And he I just felt a big calling that I needed to go into youth ministry. And as I got that calling, I was like, nope, you're wrong. God, you're wrong. I'm not going to do that. I hate public speaking. Um, I really did. In high school, I gave, uh, I was, I went to a private school. It wasn't very big. I graduated with three people, but I gave a speech in front of two people and one of them being my mom and I almost fainted. So, I mean, like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> there's a lot right there, man. You guys, you guys, the service on Sunday is kind of rough sometimes. <laughs> oh man, not now, but I, when he was like, God was like, you're going to go and be a pastor. I was like, you're wrong, you know, because I almost fainted giving a speech in front of two people. You know, one of them being my mom, but I, I finally gave in to the Lord. He always wins. So I said yes. And at that point, I, you know, I kind of turned my life back to Christ and I was kind of done running and done being dumb. And I just wanted to listen to him. So I, you know, I just, I felt the calling. I gave in. And through that time in, at North Central, I met my wife now, Megan. And so, we, we were starting to date, and she said to me, hey, I need an internship. She said, hey, I know this guy. Um, he's in Indianola, Iowa right now, but he might be. you might be able to be an intern there. He is a youth pastor there. And I was like, all right. And so through that, through her, I met Pastor Barry and came down here to intern. And uh, it was supposed to be a six-month intern, and I've been here for 18 years now. So, uh that's how that kind of all went down. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, pulling through that, and then yeah, being a youth pastor, I think it's interesting knowing that being a teenager is such a critical time, you know, in life, and and we're supposed to know everything we're supposed to do and try to yeah. figure all that out when we're eighteen. And I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was eighteen years old, and so it's really neat that you can relate to, you know, having kind of. Uh, walked away from God essentially as a teenager trying to figure that out and then have that story of how God really restored you and continue to use you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a journey. It's never, I mean, like some people, yeah, they know right away. Um, other times God takes you on this journey and, you know, I, I'm, I really love the scripture about, you know, God turning ashes into beauty, you know, and like, I really feel like that's what he's done with my life in that is because I could have really made a terrible mistake you know in my life but yet god you know he said yeah i got i got you and made something beautiful out of what could have been a wreck you know and i'm just so grateful that i had good friends um he put good people in my life and i just i just had to walk along with it you know yeah that's that's incredible and how faithful god is and and how patient he is with us through those things you know i I've definitely done my fair share of testing God's patience um, with that and how he pursues us. Tell me, tell us a little bit more about, um, I know you had mentioned it was actually on a missions trip when you felt really called to be a pastor. And can you tell us a little bit more about that trip and kind of how, you know, how you came to be on that trip? Yeah. So actually, um, so the, again, it was in college. I turned my life around. I felt the call. I gave in to the Lord and I was like, I know I'm supposed to be in ministry. And at that point, it was like, well, what? It, am I supposed to be a missionary? 
Am I supposed to be an evangelist? Am I supposed to be a pastor? What what avenue of ministry um, am I supposed to go? God and I'm praying and I'm not getting answers. I just I was, but I'm taking classes and just doing kind of the practical stuff that I know I can do. But I was like, okay, well, I want a little more direction here, Lord. So what am I supposed to do? What what avenue? And um, I I just uh, at North Central they they were doing I don't know if they still do it, but they were doing a missions trip to uh, Louisiana every year to Mardi Gras and it's it's an intense mission trip like they at th- at this time <clears throat> they were like there's no social media no internet no tv you can't use any of that stuff we want you praying and getting ready prepping yourself for this mission trip because during Mardi Gras is a rough time to go down you know and so we were having weekly meetings and praying and then um the only time we were on the internet the only time we were uh, really doing any of that kind of stuff was for our studies. You know, we weren't doing an extracurricular or anything like that. Facebook really wasn't big back then. So that was, that wasn't the issue there, but that, that was kind of the intensity of it. I ended up going with a big group of, of students and, uh, we went down there during Mardi Gras and it was on that trip during a service that we had, um, and ministering to people that I actually really felt like, um, God speak to me and be like, this is not what you're going to do. Like a missionary. And I'm not, I, I stopped saying I'll never do something because every time I say I'll never do it, I ended up doing it. You know, I'll never be a pastor. I'm a pastor. I'll never move. You know, I move, you know, whatever. So I stopped saying that, but I really felt God just telling me it during this ministry that I'm not calling you to be a missionary and that's, but I am calling you to be a pastor. And I really felt the call and youth pastoring, um, heavy on my heart and stuff. So I went back and signed up for some classes and, you know, and that's really where I felt that call to the specific ministry of youth pastoring. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I know so many people that I've talked to where they're like, I want to be in ministry. I feel, you know, calling a ministry and I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do, you know? And so I think that's just a really cool story. And how God can work through that. And he will answer and lead you as long as you're going through the motions, doing the practical things, like you were saying, I think is really key. I had a, a mentor of mine once tell me, you know, sometimes when we don't know what to do in the spiritual. We should do what what's practical. And, you know, so it's both of those, those things. It's not all practical and it's not all spiritual, but you know, you got, you combine those things. And, and I found that to be true. You know, if I, sometimes if I'm waiting for an answer, I'll just step. God's waiting for us to move. And every time I move, it seems like, okay, there's God saying, this is what you need to do now, you know, whether it's that step or something else. But, um, that, that seems to always work, work with God and me. So, so, um, what's one piece of advice you'd give someone starting out as a pastor? Hmm. I would, I would probably say, uh, to find a good mentor, you know, and, you know, I've heard a lot of things about mentors, like, uh, they need to come to you or you need to go to them or, uh, you know, what, whatever I would, I would say, find somebody to put yourself under and do everything you can to learn from them, you know, um, meet with them, talk to them. I would say you put the work in, don't make them put the work in something that I love about our lead pastor is, uh, and his pastor Barry is that he's my mentor and he's there. And, you know, uh, I don't make him always come to me. And even though he would and stuff like that, I, 
I want to get up. I want to go to him and I want to learn as much as I can and glean a lot from him. And he's never like, get away, get away, you know, or anything like that. And, you know, for 18 years, it's, it's worked pretty good, <laughs> you know, so. But I would say get yourself somebody that that's wise and that can be a mentor to you. Yeah, that's good advice. And, and, and it's cool to see when you have somebody that invests in you like that and makes time for you. And, and I agree, you got to put in the effort, mm-hmm. you know, to go find that and seek that out. And I think a lot of people are open to it. But people are busy, right? You know, but then it becomes something where now you want to pay that forward and you're looking for other people yeah. to invest in and you're willing to make that time, but you're also looking for who's that person that's going to step up yeah, and uh, and really seek that out. I think that's, that's really, really good. I think another thing I would say to uh, John is get disciplined. You know, I heard a pastor once say, you know, like we set appointments for everything. We set appointments for dentists we set appointments for doctors we send appointments for you know whatever and we don't miss them we don't want to miss them we do everything we can to to make sure we hit those appointments do that with god get a discipline reading your bible praying don't miss it i mean this pastor was like he he said i sent my appointment at 10 o'clock in the morning he didn't put an appointment over it because you don't do that you know and he said he was he'd be running through the church and somebody be like hey i need you and he's like i'm sorry i got an appointment and then just blow by them, you know, I was like, respect, you know, like, but get, get disciplined. And the younger you can get disciplined, uh, the better, you know? So tell us a little bit about you, you mentioned, you mentioned your mom, um, but tell us a little bit about your parents and, and your siblings and kind of growing up and, and, uh, what that was like. Yeah, sure. Um, so my parents, my dad, uh, works, worked, he's retired now. He worked at uh, Caterpillar for uh, for long as I've been alive. He worked there. Um, my mom was a stay at home mom. She also worked at the school that I <laughs> that I went to. It was in our church. So I have two older sisters, and then there's me. Then when I was thirteen, I believe my parents um, started to adopt um, some kids. So I have let me see. There's seven of us in all. So that we, they started adopting, and, and I liked that when I was 13, because when we adopted my sister, um, I started getting freedom because I was the baby of the family for 13 years, which meant I couldn't go anywhere. Uh, I couldn't do anything, uh, you know, so with 13 him and then we adopted, uh, my sister, Michelle, uh, my mom was like, why don't you go to your friend's house? I'm like, yeah, see you later. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Uh, so, um, but again, we grew up in a Christian household. We went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. We were very um, involved in our church, and I, mean, I went to school there. I went to church there. I was probably there almost every day besides school, <laughs> you know. So, if you could go back to your 18-year-old self and give a piece of advice, what it would be? Stay with God. Like stay with God. That, that, during that time in my life, I was very much, I'm done. I want to do things my own way. I want to, you know, and I wish that I would have, you know, I, I tell the students this sometimes in youth is, you know, and I look around with all the adults and I say, if we could know what we know now and go back, <laughs> you know, we it would be better. And I wish I, I knew it back then and I still chose to walk away. And I, I wasn't doing crazy stuff or anything like that. I wasn't cr- committing crimes or anything like that, but I just wasn't. I was checked out of, of God and stuff, and I wish I would have stayed in there um, because that was four or five years of my life that maybe 
you know, maybe I could have been in ministry earlier. Maybe I, I don't know. We don't know the, the what ifs from that, but I wish I would have just stayed with God and not gave in to some of the temptations the world like to bring forth, you know? Yeah. You know, God also uses that for you. You know, you, you have that experience that you left and you can relate with somebody else now that you can connect with them on that. And yeah, again, that, that beauty from ashes thing. I, I thank God that he did that. Um, but at the same time, personally, <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have went through it because it was, you know, looking back, it's like, ah, oh, if I would have just stayed with God and stuff. But I don't regret it. I just wish I was smarter. <laughs> right. I grew up in church. Like, we went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. And once I got out on my own and out from underneath my parents' rule, I stopped going. And, uh, I saw it was probably about five years and God got a hold of me and really it was my aunt passed away and I went to a church service that they had for my aunt and like God got a hold of me and like didn't let go like everything changed for me and you're right like I if I look back at my life during that time I wish I had never gone through the things that I'd gone through without God but then I also look back at it and be like, man, I wouldn't have the faith that I have because I know the difference now. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I, I definitely don't regret it. Yeah. I just, I would recommend not doing that to, for any student, anybody, any adult, you know, I recommend not walking away from God for any period of time. Your life is going to be better. It's going to be stronger. Stick in there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know. So tell us a little bit about your, uh, your family, your, your wife and kids. Yes. So my wife, Megan, uh, we've been married for 18 years. Uh, we have two daughters, one that's 14. She has a permit, so she can drive with me. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole new world, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, that is for sure. And a daughter who's 10. Uh, I like to describe them this way, that Maddie is my 14-year-old, and she's going to love you into the kingdom of God. She she just cares, and she loves, which is great. And Molly is going to tell you you need to be in the, the kingdom of God. She she is fun. She is full of life, Molly is. Um, and I just love how God makes us different. Like, they have the same mom and dad, but they are two totally different girls, and they're going to do amazing things for the kingdom of God just differently. And I'm fine with that. Molly always has a song in her head. She is always moving, always dancing. And Maddie is content just hanging out and being with her parents and, you know, stuff like that. So they are awesome. My uh, Megan works. I don't know if you want to know that or not, but I'll tell you. She works at uh, here in Indianola called Wesley Life, the village. It's um, kind of a retirement community, stuff like that. She's She is the caring arm of our family. She That's where Maddie probably gets it. She remembers birthdays and she remembers when, you know, hey, if you had a, somebody pass away in your life, she will remember that day and send you flowers. And um, so she's very caring and loving and she feels deeply for for people. And uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to have that in, in my life because I'm not <laughs> particularly that way. Like I care, but I, 
Man, if it's your oh, birthday, better I better have a Facebook thing or something. I'd, I'd rather raise you than give you flowers. Yeah, yeah. I wish you a happy birthday, but that's about it, man. <laughs> so tell us, uh, we know you met Megan at Northwestern, but tell us. North Central. North Central, sorry. That's right. <laughs> How did that go? Uh it was it was uh, good. No, <laughs> uh, it, it, that's actually a really cool God story too. Because, like I said, going into North Central, I was very immature. I was immature in the things of the Lord, but I was also immature as a human. <laughs> you know, I'm a you know eight, however old I was twenty whatever year old man going in, and I was just very immature at North Central. Of course, it, they're not co-ed dorms. So what they do is they team you up with a dorm room of the opposite sex and you guys, they want you to go do things like we have, um, well, whatever we go out and we do things just so you're, you're intermixing and stuff like that. Um, and she happened to be, uh, the RA for the girls floor that we got teamed up with and actually going into North central, I had a girlfriend back home. And as I grew in the things of the Lord, I just felt like that relationship wasn't right. So I broke up with her um, and I came back and again, here's the kind of the immaturity part of me spiritually. And uh, as a man came in, because as I went back, I'm like, okay, I'm going to find myself a girl, a good Christian girl. And how do you do that? Well, okay. Is she pretty? Check. Uh, Does she love the Lord? Check. All right, then I'll see if she wants to go out with me. And there was a couple different girls that I thought, you know, hey, and not, not like, not like I wasn't like a dirt bag. I just was like, like, hey, maybe that girl would like. No, okay, that one. No, okay, that one. No, okay. And I, it's just again immature. You have a list that short. A lot of people qualify. <laughs> yeah, especially in a Christian college, didn't have immature, immature, right? <laughs> so, um, but I just remember one day, um, you know, on on my dorm room floor, I was praying, and um, I was just struggling with this. Like I, I knew at that point I wanted to get married. I was done dating and I want to get married. And so I just, you know, I just was on my dorm room floor playing, praying. And I said, God, I want a wife. And, um, and he just talked to me and he says, well, before you can fall in love with any woman, you need to fall in love with me. And I said, okay, I'm done dating. I'm done dating until you say it's all right. And, um, I'm just gonna work on getting closer to you and getting my studies in and 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 I prayed that before in my life but this one and I tell the students this a lot too in, in youth is that what was the difference this time than the other times this time I meant it it was like a heart thing and I meant it and I was done done dating until God said it was all right and it just happened like a week later hey there's Megan <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh but I wasn't gonna date her I just didn't so um but I just started talking to her she she had like office hours that she would have to have so I'd go in there and talk to her and I really wasn't like again hitting on her or not like that I was just wanting but to she couldn't her. get away from you she, she couldn't either no yeah I got her <laughs> trapped no <laughs> so I was just talking to her and uh, just getting to know her also uh I was the next year I was going to be in leadership so and at that point, I felt God tell me, if you're going to be in leadership, then you need to support the leaders you're under right now. And so I started going to all the floor stuff. I started hanging out, um, no, getting to know my RA, getting to know her um, and stuff like that. So I was doing all that. And 
it ended up being, you know, like us having a conversation because feelings started to come forth and we had a conversation and the conversation was, you know, I like you, you like me. And Megan's like, but we're not dating. Uh, she's like, we're not going to date. I don't want to date. And I don't want to date you. And part of that was I was immature. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, and looking back, this is the kind of looking back thing. She was so right. She was so right not to date me because of immaturity and I needed to grow in God. And so we just remained friends. We would talk every now and then. And every every now and then she would say, we're not dating. You remember that, right? Or you need to go find somebody to date. Like, go go talk to a different girl. I'm not, we're not going to ever. This is never going to happen. Uh, I don't know how many times she told me that. I was like, all right, all right. I get it. All right, we're not dating. So we, we weren't dating. We went off uh, summer. She went back home. I went home. Through happenstance or whatever, her friend um, from South Dakota called me one one day during the summer. And she's like, oh, hey, Megan's here. She wants to talk to you. And from that from that time on, we were talking um, about every day, but still not dating. And she was she was still adamant. Like, don't even think this. We're just friends. If it ever got any closer, she'd be like, "Don't call me." You know. <laughs> but you were wearing her down. I, I, it was it was getting there. It was baby getting steps, there. Okay. Baby steps. Yep. Yep. Baby steps. We ended up going back to school. Things are were super awkward because we're not dating, but yet we really like each other. And but I'm still growing. And again, it was not the right timing for us to date. Well, eventually. <laughs> oh yeah, this is kind of a funny story. I'll, I'll tell him Megan a little bit, but <clears throat> just you know, again, we're not dating. Go date somebody else. Like, all right, fine. I'm sitting at the lunchroom one time, uh, one night, and there's a a different girl sitting across from me, and um, these guys all start saying, "Why don't you guys date? You guys should date, you know, and stuff." And <clears throat> it's not Megan, but it's this other girl. You guys should date. Go on a date. Uh, uh, things got weird, but I was like, all right you want to go on a date? And it was kind of like, sure, let's go on a date. So I go to Megan and I say, Hey, I'm going to go on this date. I, you know, with this other girl. Um, I just want to let you know. And she's like, yeah, I've been telling you to, you should. A while later, I find out that it made her mad. I didn't know it made her mad, but it made her mad. And I didn't know it, but I went on this date with this girl and we go on this date and I come back. And again, at this point, I'm, I'm done dating unless it's like, we're dating to get married. So I ask her, I just asked this girl, do you want to go on another date? Are you feeling it? What, what are you? And she's like, no, I don't. I'm like, me either. That was the end. That was it. A couple of days later though, I, at this time again, guys, we didn't have cell phones. We weren't texting. We had cell phones, but we weren't texting and stuff like that. Um, but Megan emails me and she says, you know, Hey, I really feel like if you want to go, um, and, and start dating, uh, I'm ready. But if God ever be, doesn't, become the center of it we're we're done and i was like yep let's do this <laughs> so i had to go back to the other girl and say because this was like a week later after the date and i was like i promise you i was not using you to get megan jealous you know i mean it worked but no <laughs> <laughs> no but uh so <clears throat> yeah so we started uh dating uh i don't remember what year that was but we started dating there and megan uh she was one like I love you was tough for kind of both of us to say. And uh, because for me, just in my mind, it was like, I'm not going to tell any girl that I love her until I mean it. And, you know, so I was, I waited 
uh, a few months and commitment was a little harder for Megan, but I, I think it was Christmas time. So I think we started dating in like November uh, or no, October, sorry, October, Christmas time. I said that I loved her and she told me, thank you. Like <laughs> this is, this is one of these cool God stories that, that happened in my life because I wrote, I got, I like, I like made her a book. I have this book. It's like full of quotes and pictures and all this thing. And the last quote of it is me saying, I love you. And she, and I, I, I prefaced it before. You don't have to say it back, but I want to let you know, this is how I'm feeling. So I tell her, I love you. And she says, thank you. And like, <laughs> we, we do this for a while. Like, I love you. And she's like, yeah, cool. You know, or whatever. That's, that's how it always goes. And I think it was like March, maybe. April maybe um, we were at school and I was just having a a crappy day and I am a person who loves to be around people I don't like to be alone I'm not very quiet either like so so but this particular day I just I had my hood up there's a whole bunch of people around playing cards and I was off alone and I was finally like Megan I'm I'm gonna go on a drive you know and I, I went on a drive this was up in Minneapolis I went on a drive and they have like a stone arch bridge thing. And I went down there and I parked by the bridge. We had CDs still. So I put in a CD of just worship songs and I was just praying and I was sitting there crying and I was just praying. I was like, God, what is going on? You know, like I love this girl so much. Like I want her to be my wife. I love her so much. And all she says is thank you. All she says is, yeah. You know, I'm like, what, how, where, where are we going next? And God just spoke to me, and this was probably one of those times I felt this so strongly, and God just said, you know what? How she is doing that to you is exactly how you treat me every single day. I love you so much. I sent my son to die on the cross for you. I'm there for you, and I my, I just love you, and all you say is thank you with your actions. I was like, oh, dagger. <laughs> I was just like, dagger, you got me, God. All right. <laughs> and like, it can still bring me to tears today thinking about that. So God speaks that to me that night. Come to find out later is God speaks to her the same night and it's like, you can tell him you love him tomorrow. And I didn't know that, of course, but uh, I get back, go to bed the next morning. Uh, at this point, Megan was training for a marathon and I was running with her because she was beautiful. So uh, <laughs> I didn't like running at that time. I just liked her at that time. So I was running with her though. And we're running down and she's like, what What was up last night? And I was like, well, let me tell you. And she's like, no, don't tell me. I was like, I, I can tell you what, what happened. She's like, no, don't. And the whole reason she didn't want me to is because she she knew in her spirit that like God, number one, released her to say she loved me to me and also that it was somewhere along those lines. And she didn't want me to think that she said it because of what, but yeah. I told her the story and stuff like that. And, you know, she's like, oh, and we go back, we run back to the dorms and we were going to go out to eat that night. And in college, I wore, you know, jeans, backwards hat and a hoodie every single day. That's it. <laughs> you know, every single day, that's what I wore. Well, Megan being kind of the commitment scared person she was, she threw out one more fleece to God. She said, all right, God, if I'm really supposed to say I love you to this guy, he needs to be wearing a black button up shirt, black belt, black shoes and khaki pants. And again, I wear like, yeah, I wear jeans and, you know, uh, well, I just decided to dress up that night 
we weren't going anywhere special. We we're just going out to eat. We we're poor college kids, so we were. <laughs> I was just going out to eat. But I decided to dress up, and that's exactly what I wore that night. And I come out of the elevator, and she she, she bolted. She's like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and she ran off. <laughs> well, she came back, and you know, we went out to eat. Went to Noodles and Company, and uh, she read me a poem, a love poem from some book. I don't know. And, uh, and then she said she loved me. So that's kind of our love story there. And then we got married in 2005, moved here in 2005, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, got a job and a house and our apartment in 2005. So oh, that's, that's an awesome story. <laughs> yeah. I, that's one of my favorites to tell because it's just the way God moved in that. And, you know, again, it's always a good reminder to me of, thank you. I don't, I don't ever want to say thank you to God. Yeah. There's, there's always those when God just puts something on you and just hits you and you're just like, Oh <laughs> yeah, that's real. Like, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, we, we've gone through, you know, a lot of, a lot of neat things that God's done in your life and, and how he's worked through that. But tell us, tell us some of the stories or maybe if you have a story about how God's moved through the lives of some youth or some some experience you've had you know being a youth pastor yeah so there's a couple things like number one just being uh in i've been here my whole ministry career i've been in indianola 18 years so you see kids who have fallen away but now they're back that's that's always exciting there's a couple of students that actually go to church today they're adults they have kids their kids are coming to youth actually now but just to see God work in their lives. And yeah, they've gone through hard, again, making that beauty out of ashes thing. They've been through some hardships, but just to see them here worshiping, that that's a big blessing there. You know, I started off as a children's pastor, and <laughs> the story I always like to tell is Amelia Bedwell, who uh, is our children's pastor here now. now it, it's so cool that God, that I got to be a part of that story, that God used me and that God used her and like she was in children's church with me and then we went to youth and then she went off to college and then she came back and now we work together. You know, that's, that's a huge blessing. And to see many students that have either gone on to ministry or um, they got other jobs that that's always, that always fills your heart. You know, a lot of them are married now, have kids and stuff like that. Um, But I'll say there's a one and I won't mention his name or anything like that, but there's a student who went on a missions trip last year, his junior year. And uh, after the mission trip, he went to El Salvador. And after the missions trip, he came back and he was just different. He was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to change my school for the Lord. And um, he did, <laughs> he did it. You know, he's brought so many students to, to church. He, he's just, he, he's leading a Bible study at school and through the Bible study, other people have heard about it. Um, Jesus that didn't weren't even in the room. His character is amazing. And I, I just love seeing God work um, through students that way. They get a hold of it. Like, it clicks. It finally clicks. And it's, it's always a blessing as a youth pastor to see that happen. So what do you do for fun, Donnie? What do you, what do you enjoy doing? Uh, I don't know. Well, we play so right now we're in softball season. So... That's really fun. Um, Trade for a marathon right now. Um, so I like to is, do that. Is Megan running that too then? She's not running that. I'm not as pretty as she was. <laughs> she is. So, uh, no, uh, we. I love hanging out with my family too. We like to do watch movies and eat popcorn and all that stuff. So, 
what's your favorite verse or passage? I know you mentioned the beauty ashes, but yeah, what are maybe some others? I would say my the big one that uh, has been through with me through everything is uh, I love the story of Esther. Esther's like just a great book of the Bible, but Esther four fourteen where it just talks about you know. If you stay silent, I'll call up somebody else, but you are called for such a time as this. I know I didn't get it exactly right for all you Bible scholars out there. Look it up, Esther 414. It's close enough. But as I, as, you know, like I said earlier, I hated public speaking and God calling me into ministry. It was like, I'm not worthy. I'm not, I shouldn't be doing this. Why am I doing this? You know, and at, through every, stage of my ministry and as I matured and grew and stuff like that God just always reminded me that you know what if I placed you here I have equipped you for such a time as this take a hold of that time don't shrug it off and you know who Esther saved a nation (laughs) what can God do with you being called where you're at for such a time as this what was your first job first job I think my first real job was a lifeguard, but I did try to detassel, but I only did that for a year, uh, one time. <laughs> I got fired. I don't know if I got fired. There's four of us going and I was going like super fast and I missed tons of them. Tons <laughs> That's of tassels. why you were going so fast. And then, and then he's like, well, you have to get all of these. And so I slowed way down and then I was way too slow. So afterwards, we I don't think I ever got paid for that day, by the way. But <laughs> afterwards, we're sitting in the office. He's like, I don't think we're going to need you. <laughs> What's your favorite family tradition? It, this is kind of a, I don't know. This is a fun one, I guess. I don't know. It's uh, all family traditions are fun, right? No, uh, <laughs> we're, this is just, I don't know if this is a tradition or what, but we do it all the time. Whenever we're going on any sort of trip, my kids just love to like get a bunch of snacks at Casey's. I mean, like before I leave town, we're usually about 60 to $80 in (laughs) and gas wasn't bought. Uh, (laughs) But you know, it's just, and I'm kind of ratting on my dad here. I, I love my dad, but whenever we went on vacation as a kid, it was like, we're getting to where we need to go. We're not stopping. If you have to go to the bathroom, suck it up or else it was like, oh, we have to stop. And so just in my own head, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And my kids just love getting the, getting drinks and snacks and, you know, all that. So, so that's kind of, it's, it's just fun to do that. I get to make that decision as the dad. <laughs> if you have to go to the bathroom, we're stopping every 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I do love that um, right now um, my, my in-laws actually every year they have like, they've been going for I think 40 years to a lake up in Minnesota and right now, I, that's probably one of my favorite things is we all go up there and we spend a week um, with Megan's family. But like just my kids love that. They love going up to the lake and they love just it's a good relaxing time. It's a good relaxing time for me, too, because like right after my busy time in summer and right before school starts. So it's that's probably one of my favorite things right now to get to do is every year we go to this lake and spend a week. This has been really good. I appreciate the time. Yeah, it's been no, great thank to, you guys. Great to get to know you and talk through some stories.